Welcome to Wicked Life, Eli Salty City, Utah. Life is too full to miss a moment. Wicked Life is all about exploring, cultivating, and building upon the divine goodness, flowing through all things at all times, at all places, and making life meaningful. Thank you for tuning in. So I'm doing something new, a little series on the Bible. Wicked Life Bible Sessions number two. Listen to number one first. It will probably be helpful. And these might feel controversial. I will try my best to distinguish between my own opinions versus things that are clear or obvious or even just commonly accepted. But it's hard because some things that should be easy to say simply, I mean, like this is what the text says, have been poorly translated for so long that they're no longer obvious. So I'm going to try to keep these shorter than regular episodes and do one thought at a time. I would love your feedback on that. Please rate, review, and share. You know, all the things. I made a series of claims last episode about what the Bible claimed it was and what it didn't. Let me start there. One, one was that God didn't write the Bible. People did. Along those same lines, I claim that God didn't translate, preserve, or put the Bible together. People did that as well. So, all my atheist pals, (laughs) drinks on me tonight. And all my religious buddies, don't bring the pitchfork yet. I'm an equal opportunity offender, I promise. You know, I mean, if you know me at all, you know that I strongly believe that God, you know, the divine, inspired the Bible, can be found in almost every page of the Bible, fills and completes the Bible. But at the same time, God didn't write the Bible. People did. Now, this seems obvious to me. There are some discrepancies. You know, not that many compared to almost every other book, but enough that the entire thing being dictated by God just wouldn't make sense. And I'm not an outlier here. By far, the majority of scholars, churches, traditions agree on this. But still, people get confused. Here's a little example. In 2 Samuel, one of the history books of the Bible, 2 Samuel 24.1, the writer claims that God, Yahweh, caused David David's a huge character in the Jewish and Christian Bible. So the writer claims that God caused David to sin. It actually says that God incited, or some translations will say tempted, David towards evil. But Chronicles, just one book later, uh, you know, it goes Samuel, Kings, Chronicles. Chronicles says that Satan, the the Satan incited David to sin. That's 1 Chronicles 21.1. The Bible says that God incited David to sin, and the Bible says that Satan, or the devil in some translations, also incited David to sin. And they're talking about the same event. Like, there's no confusion there. It's the same event. All right, here we go. If the book was written by any sort of divine being, then that being should have had a proofreader or editor or whatever, because one page claims that God did this, and another page says that Satan did this. Satan, by the way, means adversary or opposer. And in the Bible, it's always prefaced with the, as in the adversary. Our modern ideas about a horn-headed, red-tailed, pitchfork-wielding Satan, devil guy, that's not in the Bible. In the Bible, in the Bible, when powerful armies come against people, they are called the adversary or the Satan. Oh, you'll love this. Jesus, 
you know, Jesus, the main character in the Bible, once called his best bro, the Satan, the adversary. When? Ah, Matthew 16, Mark 8, Luke 9, John 6. These are known gospels, and they only record a few of the same events. But everyone, <laughs> every one of the authors was all in on this one. Here's what goes down. Immediately after Jesus's friend Peter says, hold up, you're Messiah. In Hebrew, that's Messiah or Savior or King. The Messiah doesn't die. And Jesus, you know, the main character of the Bible, Jesus says, stop opposing me. Don't play the adversary. There's so much irony here. I hope you see it. Peter is like, you're the boss. You're the man. Large and in charge. Messiah. And Jesus goes, yeah. Yeah. And next, Messiah will die at the hands of men. And Peter's like, shut your mouth, man. That's not what's next. Next, Messiah rules over men. And Jesus comes right back and says, hey, right now, you're being adversarial as to what God is all about. Don't oppose this. Stand down. Step back. Don't be the Satan in this circumstance. <laughs> Please tell me you find that funny. Pete says, you're the boss. And then Pete tells the boss what to do. Way good life. When you identify a higher way or a higher being, like an actual insight into the goodness that flows through all of life, you step into that in submission. You don't step up to that and start giving orders. You just don't. By the way, that passage, this little interaction, starts with Peter blurting out that Jesus was, in fact, Messiah, the Messiah, Son of God, the Greek means the Christ or the saving one. Remember, that's the whole theme of the Bible. <laughs> and Jesus responds by saying, hey, God revealed that to you. Did you catch that? So in other words, the Bible through Jesus claims that God spoke those words. Not, not just inspired, but that the words themselves were directly given to God. But, but then one breath later, the Bible through Peter says, you will not die. And then the Bible, through Jesus, says, stop opposing me. In other words, wrong, hold up. And nobody wonders, uh, how do we sort out the truth here? Should we go with what the Bible says through Peter? Or should we go with what the Bible says through Jesus, since they're completely different? I mean, they're all in the Bible. No, one trumps the other, according to the Bible. All right, back to the Old Testament. I often refer to it as the Jewish Bible. When Chronicles, just one book after Samuel, says that Satan incited David to sin, you know, 2 Samuel 24.1 and 1 Chronicles 21.1, you can see where things get strange. But you and me, the reader, we now have the obligation to ask the question, which one had it right? Or did either of them? That's, mm, come on. Please tell me you see this. That's what the Bible is inviting you to ask on almost every page. Now, if the Bible claimed to be written directly by God, that would be a scary question. And the best move might be just to avoid the difficult questions. Thankfully, the claim of authorship, even though it is a 1,600-year-old compilation, authorship is consistently put in the hands of human beings. I mean, over and over. There's a great little verse in Corinthians. That's a New Testament book. It, it says the prophecy is subject to the prophet. Hmm. 
I have been so thankful for those few words. I'm so glad because an understanding like that allows God to speak, but it says that the prophet, or in other words, the human responsibility to communicate what God is speaking can be messed up by the prophet, by people. In other words, we can mess this up. Prophecy, the word of God, is subject to or bows to or is influenced by the prophet. That's in the Bible. So what's going on when the Bible in Samuel says that God did this and the same Bible in Chronicles says, no, actually the enemy of God did that. The adversary did that. Thanks for asking. Because questions like this lead you to a healthier holding of this book. So here's a few of my personal thoughts. I'll try to try to specify them when I'm sharing them. The first biblical author guy, Samuel, I don't think he understood that God doesn't cause evil ever. James, he's the brother of Jesus, you know, the main character of the Bible. James, also in the Bible, makes a strong claim that God cannot cause evil or or even tempt someone towards evil. So the first guy, Samuel, I think he's possibly trying to protect the reputation of God and and uphold this idea that God is all-powerful, but I don't think he understands that God doesn't need his protection. (laughs) Oh, man. With his good intentions, he actually does damage to God's character. And come on, we've all been there. And, And so much of my personal interpretation of the book lands on things just like this. This God, the divine, the creator and sustainer, not only entrusts humans with the Bible, but because of God's gentle nature, because of God's non-coercive and self-sacrificial character, God lets humans misportray God and even preserve that misportrayal in the Bible. Wowzers. Oh, it would be worth hitting pause right there and thinking about what kind of being What kind of being is so interested in reconciliation and friendship and relationship that that being would allow misrepresentation? Hey, thankfully, those misrepresentations, they don't have to survive. When one Bible author said it was God and therefore it was good, and then another Bible author says it was anti-God and therefore it was bad, I look at the character of God that I've spent my life studying, getting to know personally coming to trust. And then I look at this ancient, mysterious, nuanced text that I hold in very, very high regard. I love the Bible. And I go, yeah, yeah, you know what? The first dude was wrong. And that line that he wrote was wrong, even if it is in the Bible. Because one of them had to be wrong, you guys. They can't both be right. And I have too much evidence to see it any other way. So that old strange scaredy cat idea that if every word isn't true, none of it's true, that, uh, you know what, I'm not even going to address that. Not yet. Because the Bible doesn't claim that, and there's no need to force that on the text. If you do, you do so at the expense of your own integrity. And the book you're busy defending, the book won't even support that. Uh, I'll try to be fair to some other perspectives on that passage. There are some who might call Samuel and Chronicles a translation error. You know, Someone somewhere mistranslated the perfect text into the nearly perfect text that we have today. Let me take you to Mark 13. Mark wrote the first of the Gospels. Gospels are basically just the story of Jesus. That's how Jesus describes them. You know, the main character of the Bible. (laughs) 
I don't know why I love saying that. And when he quoted Jesus, when Mark quoted Jesus, the main character of the Bible, in Mark 13, Mark wrote, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. He wrote those words on a page in a language different than Jesus spoke the words in. Oh, oh, come on. This is so significant because everyone knows things are lost in translation. But Mark, come on, Mark, let's go. Mark made a command decision, and it is. It's so significant. Mark felt fine writing on paper. These words would never pass, even as Mark himself passed them into a different language on a page that he knew wouldn't survive very long. Mark was a boss, and I'm so thankful for that, because Mark gives us permission to say the main thing, the big moves, the points, the purposes will survive ever and always, even as we adjust some things like language and technology to make better sense of the meaning. Hmm, I love it. So here's the thought and also the challenge. God didn't write this book. People did. But at the same time, it doesn't take long to realize that the book even though it's got its challenges, it rises oh, far above humanity and it touches on divine and timeless truths. Because while God didn't write it, the divine, the holy, the sacred is still living, speaking, and loving right through it. Mm. And you might say, dude, Eli, you can't have both. Oh, yeah? <laughs> then I challenge you to read it and tell me that this is a human book. Mm -hmm. Here, last thought for the day. The Bible claims that everything that God does after creation, save a few random verses, everything that God does, God does in partnership. It's almost as if God has tied God's own hands and actions to those of humanity. I'll get into that partnership with a passage in the next Bible session. But seriously, what kind of being does that? What kind of presence intentionally limits action to a collaborative process with undependable agents? God does that according to the Bible. And if God does that everywhere in the Bible, it makes the most sense that God would also do that with the Bible itself. Risky? Yes, completely. <laughs> Could the whole thing go haywire? Uh, yeah. Would you do that if you had the ability, if you had the power, the control? Probably not, right? Yet the Bible keeps insisting that the divine gives away power, even at cost of reputation. Hold that truth tightly, and it will open your eyes to see the Bible with greater clarity, purpose, and integrity. I love it. May you be blessed. May you be blessed. By the being who gives away power, who loses self, who chooses fallible humans, even when they biff things up. And may your readings and your understandings of my favorite book become richer, truer, and more divinely inspired. Be blessed, my friends. Be blessed. The rumors say that the prophets are all dead. They're sacred. Wasted on a sorry